Welcome to the Interop Now podcast, where it's all about health data interoperability and the technology solutions that will transform your business. We bring you the information you need to find the right solutions to exceed federal requirements, improve patient satisfaction, and increase your bottom line. We will talk to leading industry experts about using APIs to unleash, repurpose, and scale healthcare data. And now your host, interoperability maven, Sandy Vance. Hey, everybody, this is Sandy Vance. And today on the Interop Now podcast, we have Ophir Lutton, the VP of Product and Customer Success at Tidocare, and Dr. Nick Patel, MD, Chief Digital Officer for Prisma Health in South Carolina. Welcome. Hey, Sandy, great to be here. Ophir's educational background is in computer science and economics, and he holds an MBA. He joined Tidocare in 2014 as part of the founding team is part of the company's executive leadership team and heads product and U.S. customer success. Prior to Title Care, Ophir has over 18 years experience of product and marketing leadership positions in top healthcare IT companies. So we're so happy to have him here today. Dr. Patel serves as the chief digital officer at Prima Health and vice chair of primary care in the Department of Medicine in South Carolina. Prisma Health is the largest, most comprehensive, locally-owned nonprofit hospital system in South Carolina. Dr. Patel also continues to practice as an internal medicine physician for the past 18 years. He helps to lead the digital health team in technology strategy and implementation, and is also one of only two physicians in the world who have been awarded Microsoft's Most Valuable Professional Award. So we are honored uh, to, to be here with you guys today, and I look forward to diving into what TidoCare is doing. I think uh, I just learned of this technology recently. I'm pretty excited about it, um, but also how they've helped Dr. Patel at, at Prisma Health. So uh, why don't we start with you, Ophir, and tell me a little bit about yourself and about TidoCare. Sure. Thank you for that. Um, so I, I joined uh, back then in 2014 uh, as part of the founding team. Uh, you know, and we our vision was how do we build uh, an experience that essentially emulates the clinic experience just at home or remotely. And that's actually what we did. Uh, so uh, you know, I came in with a lot of product experience and uh, in healthcare IT and with the, the product team. And we, we built uh, a Taito and, and launched it, got the regulatory approvals for it, and built uh, the team in the US to, uh, to work with our great partners, uh, healthcare providers uh, like Prisma, uh, uh, payers, employers, uh, so all across the spectrum. So Taito is the only telehealth solution that enables uh, full virtual care with remote physical exams beyond just video, which is the current telehealth landscape. So we have an AI enabled FDA cleared handheld device that allows you or you know, pretty much anyone at home uh, to perform the physicals exam remotely, including lung exams, heart exams, ears, uh, throat, skin. So pretty much a full spectrum of the physical exams needed for urgent and uh, primary care. And this is done by our patented guidance and navigation technology that's built into the software and allows and pretty much simplifies this complex experience into something very, very simple for anyone 
uh, that can be done at home. Uh, so as I mentioned, we work with payers and large healthcare providers like uh, Prisma Health across the US and across the world. We're actually uh, pretty international. We have installations in Switzerland, uh, in Israel, uh, in uh, you know, other countries in Europe, even in the Far East, Australia, so all, all over the place. Uh, and we essentially help uh, these uh, partners to provide better access to care, cover more clinical conditions, and provide more affordable offerings as part of our solution. Nice. So, you know, the pandemic has brought about a great need for telemedicine, and so many of us are getting used to these telemed visits in various aspects of our lives. Uh, it sort of has become a standard mode of operation in many modalities, I think. Uh, and I know I've adopted it wherever possible just because of convenience, right? But from a physician's perspective, Dr. Patel, how does this technology and being able to record the actual physical assessment or the, the, the physical exam go beyond a typical telemedicine visit for you? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's been really impressive to work with TidoCare because, you know, they've been ahead of the curve with this. They actually had the foresight to think about this, this in 2014, as Ophir mentioned, way before the pandemic. And, you know, I think where telehealth is really focused is just that video interaction. And then all of us during COVID have really gotten used to that, right? Zoom calls, team calls, you name the platform, we're having them. But how much can you actually render in regards to care? With what kind of level of fidelity uh, to that patient? So if you try to um, talk about virtual primary care and try to do as uh, healthcare at the home, well, you also need to be able to provide the same level of service at the home. Um, so being able to talk to a patient, have an easy access to the platform, patients not getting frustrated with using that platform, being able to schedule that appointment, and then be able to sit in a waiting room, virtual waiting room, <clears throat> where instead of waiting there uh, and, you know, listen, reading to a magazine or something on that, you're getting education about some of the chronic things that you're dealing with. But when the provider comes on, you're able to have that build that rapport with that provider. And then when the physician needs to listen to your heart and your lungs, look at a skin lesion, maybe look in your ears or your throat, we're able to do that. And it's not just I'm having pain in my ear and you're trying to ask them and come to a differential diagnosis just based on their, their complaints, but you're actually able to look in the ear at, with high quality. So it's not just you know a fuzzy image, a really high quality. And, and that is extremely important because as we start to think about true care at home and not just well care or chronic disease management, but hospital at home and monitor at home, this is where devices like this and other wearable technology is going to become so important. So being able to get vital signs, your pulse ox, your, your, your blood pressure, your heart rate, all those things that become so important now, especially with COVID, right? So as we at Prisma Health actually discharge patients early, to decompress the hospital, we're able to monitor people with blood pressure, pulse ox, and then do a physical exam and listen to their lungs, you know, to see how they're doing. Uh, and that's going to give you that high fidelity sort of a medical exam that we're all looking for. Then you can start to think about how do I start to do more care at home? Because I'm going to be able to provide that same level of care, but more efficiently at the house. Absolutely. And this, I'm sure, has a tremendous impact. Uh, as a primary care physician to you being able to keep patients out of the emergency department, right? Which is the name of the game with value-based care. 
Absolutely. That is so important. You know, I think that if you look at the, the tradition of healthcare delivery, it hasn't changed in centuries, right? You get sick, you see a provider, and they take care of you. You go see them, you wait in a long waiting room, and you finally get to see a provider for 10 to 15 minutes of FaceTime, and they're done. But we don't do much care proactively when and where people live. Right, it's not about sick care, it's about well care. And, and, and that's an overused statement because you've heard it before, but it's so true. It's about that proactive care in between the office visits that truly matter and where you're gonna get people to their, their management, not seeing them every three months or six months, but pinging them almost on a daily basis and then escalating them to a visit right when the data is showing you that they may be getting into trouble, let's solve it now until they, so they don't exacerbate to requirement of a hospital visit or an ER visit. Absolutely. Ophir, I'm sure Dr. Patel has an electronic health record. Uh, And so as you guys are collecting data with this device, how does TitoCare sort of coexist with the physician's electronic health record? Yeah, great question. So that's actually key and, and very important to uh, success of technologies like Tidal and others to be part of that clinical workflow and, and uh, allow the clinicians to work as part of uh, the EHR. Uh, so essentially, we see ourselves as kind of like Switzerland in that respect. So we like to connect with the ecosystem to enable our technology uh, with all of the different ecosystem partners. Uh, so there are three important considerations when looking at an electronic health record and how to integrate into it. One is the clinical workflow. So how do the clinicians have a seamless transition and workflow between working within the EHR to going into that virtual visit and being able to essentially do, uh, you know, the best in class things that you would still be doing in your EHR, such as documenting, prescribing, et cetera. You know, we don't want to recreate the wheel. But then also having the best-in-class virtual visit uh, within the title solution in parallel. So having both of those tools in a seamless way, that's one important uh, aspect of the EHR integration. A second one is the consumer workflow. So, uh, you know, sometimes the consumer uses a patient portal provided by that, uh, you know, such as my chart from Epic and others. Uh, that's provided by the health system. Sometimes the consumer uses a digital front door also provided by the health system. So how do you integrate also seamlessly into that experience so the consumer can, for instance, collect some of the examination data uh, asynchronously even before they do that virtual uh, synchronous encounter and then also transition into that virtual visit uh, in in a very easy and seamless way Um, So that's the second uh, consideration for the EHR integration. And then the third one, which is really, really critical and important is care coordination. So how do we make sure that all of that data that's generated during that virtual encounter, how do we make sure it lives in one place and is essentially available, uh, you know, for any follow-up or any specialist or anyone who wants to access it? So how do we make sure that all of the results created in Tidal, for instance, flow uh, after the visit directly into the EHR and are made available to all of the clinicians that want to access them. 
Yeah, one of the cool things I saw as I was um, talking with your product team is that you do offer an open API that folks can hook into to get that data into their systems, regardless of if they're using an EHR portal or a digital front door company, uh, whatever the case may be. So I think that's super important, that accessibility of the data that's coming out of this device um, as you expand on the market share that you're working with. So Dr. Patel, when you're uh, working with this at Prisma Health, how does this impact your ability to manage population health, um, to reach out into different, um, you know, areas or I guess communities of care that you're working with? Um, how has this sort of played out in your environment? Yeah, it's uh, something that we went through when we actually formed Prisma Health, where two major health systems came together. Um, we're on one instance of Epic now. So that gives us one singular data repository, clinical data. Uh, so you're not worrying about pulling data from multiple EHRs or even different instances of the same EHR. So it unifies some of the workflows and data streams that we are using to inform uh, population health management. Uh, as uh, Ophir mentioned, you know, you know, we want the EHR to be the source of truth for clinical data, but it's not going to be source of truth for every data, everything, right? So there's a lot of consumer data, data on the marketing side that comes in from uh, CRM, um, but, and, and that is then used in combination with clinical data to help get the right resources to a patient. So, for example, we have multiple programs now around remote patient monitoring. Well, how do we know who needs to be in a certain program? Well, we look at the data. We look at A1C scores for diabetics. We look at care gaps for wellness. We look at blood pressure readings longitudinally to see where average thresholds are. And then we start to then engage. And this is where you have to take data from the EHR and combine it with social determinant data to say, okay, this person is perfect for management at home with this, these tools, or this person just needs a wearable, they already have a smartphone and internet at home versus this person needs a LT connected tablet to bring everything to life, right? And, and then that wrapping that layer around care coordination is extremely important. So for, for us, what we're looking at when we try to look at population health management is to look at that singular source of data, but combine it with CRM data, combine it with social determinant data, um, because that's gonna play a part in engagement, uh, right? Because you can look at plain data someone's uncontrolled diabetic, well, maybe they just want to remain uncontrolled. Maybe they don't have all the uh, uh, support structures that they need to get care at home. And so you have to kind of look at the 360 of the patient. Yeah, the patients have to be loving being able to uh, have this much information or this much of an exam at home. How do your physicians feel about this? Do they like working with Care? And, you know, does this you know, help speed things up? Does it slow you down? Like realistically, what does this look like day to day? So uh, if you look at projections, uh, and especially during COVID, um, so prior to COVID, we did probably 24,000 virtual visits, mostly direct to consumer. Since the start of COVID in March, 2020, let's just say, to now we've been over 1.6 million. So part of it obviously was reactionary to the pandemic, but what we have seen based on data and surveys that 30% of all visits, uh, mostly in ambulatory space, will transition to primary to virtual. And that helps on many levels. So number one, work-life balance for the provider. 
right? They could work two to three days at home and the rest in the office. It also helps them in designing the next generation primary care office instead of one doctor equals three rooms and building around that. Now I don't, I can have more providers actually going through a practice as a hub instead of that's my practice and being able to have that work-life balance of working at home. The other piece of this is that this is where technology plays an important role, is that you have to spend some time around design, human factor engineering around what that workflow is. And this is why we like TitoCare so much because it was really, they clearly did a lot of human factor engineering in the design of this application, not just the hardware, but also the software. How does the patient engage with it? How does the provider engage with it? Because we all have seen through the last uh, 20 years almost uh, post the high, high tech act that EHRs have contributed significantly to provider burnout. And, and so all those things are getting better. EHRs are adopting, they're getting better. But at the same time, we need to design these sort of digital platforms in a way that makes it easy for the patient, but as well as the provider. So they want to use it. They, they can use this to say, hey, Nick, I did a great exam with a patient. I found someone that had fluid in their lungs and edema in their legs, and I was able to treat them at home versus if I just did a video visit without an enhanced video visit. Uh, so I think uh, overall providers love it. Our Peds Complex Care has been actually won to, uh, one of the telehealth awards of the state this year over using Tidal Care, uh, and we're very proud of that. Uh, patients love it, high NPS scores on that as well. And, and what we want to do is try to expand it. So you think about business health. Uh, so employers want their employees to be at work, reduce absenteeism to go see a doctor two hours away or an hour away and take the whole day off. Student health population. Uh, this is something we've had a huge demand from our student health population that they want to use these devices to get care at home and not go to student health center um, and, and be able to take care of home. So the demand is starting to build around this and people finally getting comfortable that I can get good quality care at home. Um, but again, it's very important uh, that you make sure you design the workflows appropriately so you get that physician engagement to use it. Makes sense. Ophir, where do you see TitoCare in the next few years? And do you think that the use of technology like this will proliferate? Yeah, yeah. So um, in, in terms of uh, what we're looking at now and, and the trends we're seeing in the market, virtual primary care is really picking up. So VPC, um, uh, this is something relatively new. So how do we essentially connect the virtual care with the physical care and providing essentially a hybrid uh, type of care to the patient. Essentially, uh, Tidal can power all of that movement and make it uh, seamless because we have solutions for preventative care, for the urgent care, primary care, acute care piece, uh, and, but also for the longitudinal care, uh, chronic care side of things. So, you know, all three uh, segments of care. So essentially think about it. You have a family, uh, a family unit, you know, that needs different medical services. Maybe one of them is doing a, an annual wellness uh, check for their, you know, uh, workplace. A another one in the family maybe has a primary care issue or, or an urgent care issue from time to time. And then another member of the family may have some type of chronic condition. So our, essentially our solution can with one, uh, um, a platform and device essentially manage across that continuum of, of needs of that family. So we call it 
whole family care. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, we're working towards, we're developing those capabilities. Everything is also data-driven uh, via AI and machine learning. Also developing different protocols for all of these different elements and building them into our system. Um, so that's something, uh, you know, that's a vision that uh, uh, we're working towards. Another one is on the side of data. So how do we, you know, we have a pretty unique data set. So it's, you know, our solution is not just, uh, you know, something that collects symptoms and gives a likelihood based on, uh, you know, percentages or, or historical data. It essentially marries that clinical data, exam data that's collected during the, uh, the usage of the, of the system with the symptoms and, the, you know, creating a holistic data set uh, for, for, for whatever happened. And with that data, there's a lot of things that can be done. We can potentially make uh, digital front door smarter and be able to triage patients better uh, for health system. On the other hand, for providers, we could provide decision support tools. Uh, so physicians, let's say there is a new physician or some, someone that feels less comfortable with hearing auscultations, right, online. Uh, you know, hearing heart sounds, hearing lung sounds, you know, our system could essentially support that provider and give them feedback and make them feel more comfortable when, you know, providing that diagnosis. So there's a slew of things, you know, in that area that we're working towards that could, uh, you know, be the future, essentially. Absolutely. I, when I saw this technology, and I have to say, as the mother of five boys that are all almost grown now, but I, I thought to myself, you know, that autoscope alone is that that's the thing that looks in the ear would make this worth what, whatever the cost I would buy this technology, because when you have little kids, you're like in and out of the pediatrician's office all the time. And to be able to have that looked at without, you know, running right in, because, you know, you always worry about that. You don't want to put them to bed and, you know, have them in pain or whatever. So I, I just think that is there's an enormous value proposition here. And the point of entry, you know, for the device, the cost of the device is very low barrier, right? So it's a, a very affordable uh, device. I think it starts at about $300, which is a very reasonable um, expense for, for the convenience of this type of care. So um, really, really neat stuff. And, and by the way, you, you mentioned the ears, and I just want to mention a, an interesting story because that's where title began. So, you know, uh, uh, Title Care's founder, Dede Gilad, uh, back, back way then, you know, in two, uh, 2012, uh, you know, his daughter had chronic ear infections and he had to bring her all the time to the clinic to find out, you know, to the clinic where everyone coughs on you and, you know, you feel uncomfortable and, you know, where the doctor tells you, okay, you know, try this and come back in two days. And then you come back and then, okay, let's try that and, and see how it goes. You know, and he said, as an engineer, how can there not be a better way to do this? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're living in the 2000s here, you know, there has to be a better way. And that's how we envision titles. So great, great. Uh, I believe that. That. <laughs> <laughs> that, that. That was like the biggest pain point of small children in my household. Title does ha also have a title pro and title clinic product which connects very well with the Tidal Home product. 
So essentially, when you have that last mile of care, you know, like a, a, a pharmacy, or it could be a school, or it could be a cruise ship, or it could be some remote clinic in some rural area, or it could be a traveling nurse, or it could be, by the way, an employer clinic or an employer kiosk. So we have all of these solutions that essentially could be, uh, you know, put into these locations and require minimal uh, upkeep, you know, essentially to have patients perform their visits there. So, uh, you know, and they can connect with the home solution and make it essentially a complementary solution uh, altogether, which essentially collects data in a professional environment, in, an, in a work environment, but also from the home environment. Extending access to care in these underserved com communities is an excellent use case for sure. We often forget how many rural communities have gaps and access from small clinics, school clinics, and, and like you said, even employers. Oh, I'm just excited that this is where healthcare is moving. It's ex exciting not only for, for, uh, for patients, but for also health systems, because as we move to true value-based care, we need to be able to uh, deliver care more efficiently and reduce patients going from the ERs and being admitted. And I think what COVID has showed us is how much we can truly do in the home. And that, you know, uh, originally the fears that health systems had that patients don't want to be taken care of home is proven wrong. Um, patients feel comfortable being taken care of home so long as you can take, are able to do that in a safe way. And, um, it's not like brick and mortar locations are gonna go away, but they're gonna be used in a different way. Um, and as more uh, as hubs where people can come to get care when they need to be on site, because you can't do surgery remotely, not yet. Um, technically, there's some things you can do, but uh, you know, I think this is where healthcare is moving. And as I'm, I'm just excited to see how health systems and technology like Taito is uh, enabling that. So much healthcare is now being offered at ambulatory sites, urgent cares, and pharmacy clinics that are not connected to a primary care provider. How does TidoCare enable superior continuity of care by allowing patients to have that medical home and remain connected to their primary care instead of finding the nearest urgent care? Yeah, I think it's important to um, have a medical home for a patient. And that home doesn't need to be brick and mortar. So if you go uh, to an urgent care or an ER, if you go to, or taking care of at home, again, that data flowing back to the EHR and, and informing your primary care. So if your primary care, for example, is not available, but someone on his team is, then that person is able to beam into your home and, and take care of you and then inform your primary care a provider of services rendered and potential further follow-up if needed. Uh, so I think that linkage is important. And, our, and, you know, Sandy, the other thing we've seen in the industry, especially in the last three to four years, is a massive consolidation of health systems, um, right? Forming uh, partnerships uh, and, and being able to then be on unified platforms in order to have cleaner data and so patients are not getting non-necessary tests that were already done. And, and so I think that data uniformity is so important and keeping your primary care informed is as part of that journey. Uh, because what happens most of the time is right now, people are going to urgent cares and none of that information is getting to your primary care provider. And, and that might've missed the mark and then they get exacerbated and end up in a hospital. 
And at some point when they call the practice and go, hey, I was in the hospital, I need to be followed up. You've already lost that opportunity to intervene early and take care of people uh, in their disease state early in their pro uh, disease state instead of at the later part of it. So I think that data uniformity and open communication through these type of platforms is extremely important. TitoCare definitely enables the patient-centered medical home by providing fuller service telehealth visits. We've discussed a lot of benefits to patients and providers, but there's more to explore in how TitoCare can help organizations deliver value-based care. TitoCare will be part of a panel in the Interop Now Pavilion at Vive in booth 762 on Tuesday, March 8th at 2 p.m. You will also be able to see live demonstrations of how this technology works, so we hope you will join us in Miami Beach. Ophir, Dr. Patel, thanks so much for sharing your time and insights with us today. I truly hope that our audience will consider expanding their clinical reach with products like this. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out Interop Now at Vive. Through interactive demonstration, we will take all the concepts and products from the podcast and help you see in real time how to apply them to meet your goals. Come learn how to take your business to the next level with the premier interoperability solutions in healthcare. Find more information at www.viveevent.com.